I had this conversation with my man, DJ Cash. He's got these big old plaques in his house, man. He's got, like, we the best. Like, he's got them. And um, I remember we was on FaceTime, man. And I was like, Dad, bro, I just can't wait to get my first plaque, man. And he's like, nah, dose, you thinking about it wrong. So he said, man, let me show you something. He just flipped the camera, right? Walking in the hallway, showing me this and that. I'm like, this look crazy in there. He turned it back around. He like, don't, don't, none of this mean shit. So I'm like, man, what you mean? Like, you the man. He's like, this don't change nothing. This just adds value to what you do. Hey, I'm your host, Kosh. This is the Creative Breakthrough Podcast. This podcast was created to eliminate the starving artist and give creatives the codes to build audiences, cash flow, and make a living doing what they love. On today's episode, I have Dose Diaz. Get him up. And, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me today. You seem very relaxed. I am. I, I, I woke up not too long ago. I had like a little, when I got back, I had a little cold. But it wasn't COVID though. I checked. Okay. I just kind of just laid back watching Dragon Ball Super and then here I am. Yo, okay, cool. So for the people who are unfamiliar with you, how would you describe yourself in one word? Multi-talented. That's one word. Is it? Yeah, for sure. It's hyphenated, so. It counts. How would you describe yourself in one sentence? Like in one phrase? Very versatile. This man has figured out marketing. two words. Audio engineer. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Okay, so when did you when do you think you had your first creative breakthrough? At the lunch table when I was in I'm gonna say when I was in first grade, I started singing The Temptations My Girl at the lunch table, and that's when I knew it's over. <laughs> That's when I knew I was like, oh, it's over with. That's the truth? That's when you knew? Huh? Yeah. You really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I was, was it about that moment, though? Well, I mean, I had been doing like little talent shows and things of that nature. I, it's kind of a blur around that time, but I just knew I just wanted to do music based off of the response. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can sing. I'm like, man, maybe I can't sing. So I think the response just kind of it had me feeling really good. And it was something that I just... Kept wanting to chase, you know? And you've been chasing it ever since. Ever since. Good or bad. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, all of that. <laughs> okay, bet. Um, I was going to ask you, like, what did that look like, though? Like, what did that moment look like? Like, paint oh, the picture. Look, I'm obsessed with The Temptations, specifically David Ruffin, because you know you ain't nothing. And I had performed. I think it was like a Motown play or something like that. And I performed. And you know how The Temptations, everybody starts like this way. And so you go. Yeah. Performing my girl, it's like, and then the last one to turn around is who? David Ruffin. And just like pelvic thrust, like, I got so shy. In first grade, you did this. Yeah. It was a different time. You were ahead of your time, for sure. I'm going to just start thanking people for coming in. Hey, Tish Wright, thank you for coming in. Every person that come, comes in, I'm just going to say that, because I know... You talk a lot, but then when you get on things like this, you decide not to. I'm on here too. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. So you did that, and then that was first grade. And then how long did it take you to get to where you are now? Well, I'm 28 now. In first grade, I was how old? 
I was six or seven. So, so okay. So not being not, literal, like, uh, what was that process like? Like, give me a, a idea. Well, first tell people what you do and then we'll go to that. Yeah. So my name is Dos Diaz. I'm a producer, DJ, multi-platinum engineer. I want to say, and it's interesting, like I, I kind of like saying that title now because all those things were the things I did to kind of get to where I'm at right now. You know what I mean? So like I mentioned, like I was singing early, I was performing. I, I wouldn't call myself an artist, but I was at one point an artist. And I think, you know, it was just trial and error and just having fun and just realizing like, you know, everything in music is connected in some type of way. You know what I mean? Like you want to be an artist. Like I wanted to be a singer. Well, somebody has to record me. That somebody became me, you know, everything was in-house. So you need beats, became a producer, you know what I'm saying? I had to make, make some beats along with some, you know, other friends who learned as well. Everything was in-house because we obviously didn't have, you know, the funds or the means of, you know, outsourcing. And then in that process, you just kind of like fall in love with other things, you know, and you realize that this is connected to this is connected to that. What was that progression like? So like, give me like a timeline. So like, singer dancer, I guess, in the talent shows. And then, you know, by middle school, I ended up being a part of a, a boy band with some great friends of mine. It was called the Famous Boys. And a lot of opportunities came out of that. You know, we performed open up for like Key Sweat, you know, Miles Behavior, OMG Girls. Had the opportunity to drop projects and travel like to the Florida Keys and doing like, you know, learning what a press run is, you know what I mean? Things of that nature. And we had a ball. And in that process, you know, we were making our own music. So, you know, that's kind of where I realized there was other things I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily want to be the singer, you know, like my favorite singers, like Music Soul Child and Usher, those guys, you know, and they're at the forefront. But to be honest with you, I shied away from being in the front. So at the time, the producer wasn't necessarily the person who was the rock star, you know, the engineer wasn't the person that was the rock star. So I ended up transitioning into that space getting closer to college after like, you know, like the boy band, we just, everybody just kind of went their separate ways. In college, I picked up DJing. I'm still engineering in my dorm and things of that nature, but you know, it, it was just for fun, you know? It was just like something to do. But DJing became another means of being creative and making money, started putting holes in the wall, holes in the wall, holes in the floor at the West, in the West End. And boom, you know, that carried out throughout college and it became bigger and bigger. You know, as you know, things happen after you graduate where you're like, oh, okay, now I'm in the clubs. I don't know if I like this, you know what I mean? All the way, you know, I love DJing, but maybe being in these spaces in terms of the club is not really for me. I love doing festivals. I love doing even private events and sometimes weddings, you know, things of that nature, because it allows me to be a true, like open format DJ, you know what I'm saying? Now I will say there were clubs that did allow me to be that expressive with music, but it wasn't a lot of them. So ended up making that transition again, you know, started assistant engineering for Nudie, for Nudie's engineer, my man BJ, and a lot of opportunities came from that. And mind you, I have been engineering since 14, cause I was in like the boy band, things of that nature, but you know, it comes like a point in your life where you gotta like, just like humble yourself and no matter whatever experience you think you've gained, there's always somebody who understands something, you know, better. You know what I mean? Like BJ was only like, he was a uh, engineer for three years, but he had so many things under his belt. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, 
obviously this ain't completely just about the skill and the talent. You know what I mean? Like I, that's probably like, that's obviously like 10%, you know? So sitting up under him, man, it got me a lot of opportunities. Like, you know, some of my first credits and even like, you know, jobs and things of that nature to where I am now. So. Yeah, that's fire. But you didn't talk about, so give me a little bit more about how that expanded. So you did that and then what? So I did that, got my first like credits, like working on Nudie and Pierre Bourne project. It's called Slamair. There's a lot of dope records on there. Extendo with Uzi. I helped with Dispatch with the Baby, Mister with Twenty One Savage, and the one that didn't it didn't make the project, but was a very special record for that year. Uh, it was a record called Pissy Pamper with Playboy Cardi that was like super viral. From there, I can remember Nudie. He performed at LVRN's old studio, and shout out to my man Naj. It just so happened they were looking for engineers, and DJ's like, "Oh, my assistant's here." Then boom, you know. Started working as a, a staff engineer for LVRA. In the midst of that, you know, ended up working with my brother Childish Major. You know what I'm saying? He came through there. I was working in the Spotify room. So it was like a different artist every week. Every, like every artist who was able to work in the Spotify room, they would work for like a week. And then boom, I'm with a new set of artists the next week. And I literally used to tell Nas, like, don't even tell me who's coming. Don't tell me whether they sing, whether they rap, none of that. Like, just let me be surprised. And that helped out. A lot of other things came around that time, like the Revenge of the Dreamers project. I ended up in those sessions assistant for BJ with like some super dope records on that project, like the Down Bad with Jed and Boz and Earth Gang and Koan. Now, you know, working with uh, Sun Walker as her engineer, Sean Garrett, and that's been bringing like a whole lot of opportunities. And I love the space I'm in because it's like, I'm freelance. I'm still a freelance engineer. Like I don't work for anyone. You know, I work with a lot of people and I think that's like the best space to be in. I think I used to focus on wanting to be a part of things so much, you know what I mean? And eventually I was like, nah, man, like you're dope. You dose the edge. Just stand alone and accept like how this is for you. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I'm doing now, man. That's fire. I mean, that's a very short answer to a very long answer, <laughs> I, but I say that because it's very inspiring just to go through, obviously you're kind of fast forwarding through a lot of things, but to talk about the steps of how you're here now at this position. So I want to understand like, what did you fail at as you became dosty as I'm going to stand on this? <laughs> like, give me all the failures, like from first grade to, to last week. Yes, I failed at being an artist, obviously. Because I'm not an artist, you know what I mean? I guess I had this fail at being an artist to be who I am now. And it's super interesting too, Kosh, because you know, like how I was saying, like I never wanted to be in the light and it always felt like God was always pushing me forward. And what do you know? Look at the rock stars. Like my man, you know, my man Kyle's in here. Like he, he produces, like the producers weren't the rock stars at that time. It was bubbling. Like, you know, like I'm like, I started producing around the time of, my favorite producer was like Lex Luger. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm from the South side. You know what I mean? So like Lex Luger was everything. Like the Flock of Valley project changed my entire life. You know what I'm saying? Like just those drums. Like I, I was losing my mind. Then the Jay-Z and uh, Kai A.M. You know what I mean? Like that production changed my life. And then, you know, as time progressed, I got into Morehouse. When I got to Morehouse, Metro was on the way out because Metro just did karate chop. You know what I'm saying? And it was over with after that. So... So this was like 2012. Yeah, like 2012, 2013. 
You know what I mean? He left Morehouse and I, I remember that, you know? And uh, I say, oh, that to say, like, I always wanted to be in the back. I, I never wanted to be in the front. And a lot of those positions are like frontline positions. Like the producer is like the rock star now. You know, the engineer is the rock star. Like, you know, the writer is the rock star. You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of just accept those, you know, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, bro, but it's like, I just kind of accept those roles now. You know what I mean? And oh, it's failure. That's what it was, the failure part. So I had to fail at being an artist, which is something that is obviously something that you see at the forefront, you know what I'm saying, in a creative space. I think that's like the biggest failure, man. Everything else is like, I couldn't even tell you because it just was like, everything worked out. A crazy story too is uh, I was actually, man, I remember when I was working at LVRN at their old studio as assistant engineer, I remember Nas called me. He's like, yo, I need you like, I need you up here. And I'm like, oh, man, I had no car, nothing, man. My little brother had to like drive me up there and just drop me off and I'll figure out a way to get back. And it actually was a session with Summer. It was while they were wrapping up the Over Project and I was super, super excited. I want to say the song that she had to add to was actually the Over It song. I remember being in that session. And I remember she came in and she had like a cold, like she just was not feeling good at all. And she didn't record not one thing. And she left and I was, Oh my gosh. But you know what? I couldn't even say that's a failure because I just was like, this won't happen again. Then boom, you know, two years later, still over. So, so yeah. And that was just kind of everything coming back around. So I say all that to say it was never a true failure or maybe I look, you know, early on, you look at failure very wrong. I think we all do. You know what I mean? Like failure is like the it, but failure is truly just like an experiment, right? You know what I mean? And that's what it was. It was like, okay, I need to take this back to the drawing board, either be patient in my studies to do a better experiment, or we just scrap this and try it again. And I was just patient, you know what I mean? In my studies, I got better and better. So I was ready for, you know, the next opportunity, you know? Yeah, no, that's really good. That's really helpful. It's really like, if I do not quit, I cannot fail, basically. That's basically what you just... <laughs> said by saying that i'm still scared of failure in a lot of ways yeah but is it but real i don't feel good but i just thought about it like i never even thought about the fact that i had to fail at being an artist in order to do what i do now breakthrough so from the time that you really Been. started like making your way right what do you think are like the three systems what do you think are three systems or three strategies that you use to get where you're at now oh man Patience and preparation, for sure. I feel like I'm just listening to peace. That's what I feel like I'm doing. Like, Prosperity, passion. Piss poor preparation <laughs> or performance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, but I use that. Yeah, patience, preparation, and then that leading to me to be able to perform in the way that I perform. Those are the three things like I hang on to. You know what I'm saying? Like as hard as it is, one of them is really hard. Like patience is very hard. I think, especially like, just being a creative, man, it's just super hard. Like even now, like it's what? It's November, man. Like these two months are gonna be super slow just cause it's always slow in the creative space, especially in music, right? People shut down, you know, like people who are, you know, who work in the building, it shuts down. It's just, you know, it gets a little difficult. So you gotta be patient and know that's the time of you just, you know, building for something, you know, greater in the first quarter. So yeah, those three things. You said patience and preparation. Patience, preparation, and performance. And so how have you 
implemented those things into your routine or into your life to benefit you. So the patience is like kind of how I was talking about with that situation of things coming your way, or even I'd say another situation, you know, going back to the Dreamville project, you know, I was an assistant engineer and at that time, a lot happened around that project, Like that project went up for a brain, you know what I'm saying? And the roles for album of the year, I believe assistant engineers weren't included in that. You know what I mean? So imagine like going out to like, I went out to LA with Childish and Deshaun and literally we party, we went to the Grammy party, we did all this. Literally, I'm not the one who's up for one. I'm watching it. We're not there, but we in LA, you know what I'm saying? And you know, they didn't win, but it was like to be so close to something, you know what I mean? Like that close to something and it just not like go the way you thought it was. And those are in the, like, those are the moments where I'm like, okay, well, I have to be patient. Maybe it'll come back again. You know what I'm saying? It's around that time. And maybe, you know, maybe it just took, I, I needed to know something or I needed to experience something. You know what I mean? In terms, so that's in terms of the patience. The preparation is like just literally doing what you love to do on a day-to-day basis. That's all I try to do so that for any situation, I'm ready for it. You know what I mean? Like I could walk in a session with anybody, you know, I could talk to anybody, I can communicate effectively and I could show them like what I can do. And that's just the, that's literally just the preparation piece and the performing there goes hand in hand, especially with preparation, like performing when it is time to perform and not thinking that I'm, I'm perfect because there's always somebody better, but it's not about that. You know, it's about the energy you get off, give off before anything to me, you know what I mean? Techniques last. So yeah. So that's how I apply those things to, to, to what I do, you know, on a day-to-day basis for real. Technique. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, how do you make money doing what you love? Go broke first, right? Go broke first. I'm still figuring that out. It's always something to figure out. For me, my strategy has always been, let me see how many notches I can get under my belt so that I can say, this is what I've done. Give me this amount. You know what I mean? This is my resume. So things like credits, representation in terms of like websites, social media, like it, it has to be wrapped in those deals. You know what I'm saying? I have to sacrifice showing who I am. Like, you know, people, you know, people don't need to know exactly who I am. They need to know who Dose Diaz is so that this can work for me and this can help me make a living, you know? And that's always just been my strategy. And then from there, it's like kind of gauging what you can get, what you can't get. You know, it's like this drops. So I'm like, well, I'm going to up it a hundred dollars, a hundred more dollars for mixing or even school of dose. You know, that's something that's in the works in a different way as me and you do know, you know, going to Twitch and just trying things, man. Like just trying different things. See how many people are listening to, you, you know, tomorrow I'm doing an engineer day is actually the second engineer day, you know, giving back in a way that you, that may not be monetary. You know, I might not, I'm not receiving anything, you know, from people coming to see these mixes being breakdown and things of that nature, but I'm giving something knowing that in return over time, I'm going to get it back in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like whether that be through inspiring somebody or whether that be somebody wanting my services and things of that nature. If from them seeing the breakdown of this specific artist, they know that this is how much it costs. I'd even say like, you know, there was a point in time where I had to say no to a lot of, uh, a lot of artists that I was working with. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know your worth. And sometimes you can get so accustomed to getting this from a person and it's just not being enough anymore because at the end of the day, you, you do have to survive. 
you know, so you have to make those decisions for yourself and being okay that you're not, you know, being okay with the fact that you might not be getting the amount of work you have, but it's like, I don't want to be having a thousand and one mixes during the week. That's, you know, like, that's not the goal. Like, you know what I mean? I want to work on the biggest projects I can and receive what I need to receive, whether that be something monetary or that's just like an experience that I know that's going to go for it's going to transform into something else. Now, those are really important. Those are bars. I would also just encourage creative people to start to learn business. I don't think enough of us understand that. And at one time I didn't either. So what I mean by that is just understanding revenue, understanding profit margin, understanding how much overhead, like expenses your business has. Like, yeah. And if it's too much for you, well, you should understand all those things. Now, doing them, you might not be the best at doing them. Like, I think about this all the time. Like, I went to school for business. And this still business habits that I just do not have. Assign it to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And be able to put yourself in a position to have somebody else do that. You know? And my biggest, my, that's one of my biggest flaws. It's like receiving help. You know what I mean? Because, for one, I'm a perfectionist. So it's like letting go of, like, what I look at, like, oh, like, these are my babies. I don't want to let that go. But at the end of the day, it might help me to have somebody just do this for, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it doesn't hurt because at the end of the day, I'm helping them help me. You know what I mean? So that applies to business as well. Yeah, you can't do everything yourself at a certain point. You can't. If you have enough like energy and focus, you can do a lot and a lot of discipline in terms of discipline and like determination. You can do a lot, but at some point you got to know when you can't do it and you got to be okay with like that like yeah. you got to be okay with letting it be and you'll struggle like in different ways you know what i mean like we talk about that all the time Koch. yeah <laughs> like you will struggle you will struggle even more if you don't ask for help you will cry i'm dead ass <laughs> so how does an engineer that's not you make money so the first thing you want to do is just build your clientele Work with, you know, you work left and right. That's the smartest thing to do. Work left and right. You continue to work left and right because at the end of the day, you just never know what's going to happen with this person on the left or this person on the right. But also keep, help them understand if they don't understand how you need your stuff to look. You know what I'm saying? Outside of sound. Because, you know, most of the time, everybody has that down pat. You have the creative part down pat. But think about the strategy and focus on working smarter instead of harder when it's time for them to upload whatever to whatever distribution site and stick to their nature tell them to list you here tell them this is how you want your name to read because at the end of the day you want to look you want three years to go by and you'd be able to look at those songs and be like i did it the right way because now these songs that i'm doing at this you know at this level they're all in cahoots with these records by me as the engineer, because my name is under there. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the biggest thing. Make sure you're represented well. Like for me, like, all right, I'll be on it. Like some drop, like credits are everything because what's on the paper, like that matters. You can't argue with about what's on the paper, no matter how small, no matter how big it is. You can't argue with that person. That's why stuff like the Grammys and awards and you know what I mean? And the plaques, those things matter in a sense because that's your representation so i say just focus on like focus on making sure you're represented you know what i'm saying as an engineer because there's literally opportunities that i've had that have kind of came my way because somebody saw my name in credits 
reached out, found me. They see David Dostias Bishop. Okay, let me find him on socials. Let me go to email. Listen, I want to work. And there's no question. You ain't got to worry about that. Right. And get out of wherever you are, like in life, like get out of the space that you're normally in. Like venture out. Like that's the biggest thing. Like venture out, man. And my whole thing was always like, run on the south side, like in Henry County and Clayton County. My biggest thing was like, I have to get to the city. Like I have to get to the city because I know like my energy, like I know there's people who can use my energy there too. You know what I'm saying? And you never forget where you come from because that's super important as well. But you have to grow and be uncomfortable. So when that opportunity presented itself, going to college or even just working in the city, I did it no matter how much the travel was because I knew I had to spread like my ideas, spread my talent every which way that I could. Or I'm forever going to be, in lack of better terms, but very literal for me in my mama basement. And I don't want that. I don't want to be the best in my mama basement. I want to be the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? I got a song too. I got a song called like, you should go listen to it. It's a Travis Scott song. It's it's called uh, it's called Basement Freestyle. It's off of Al Ferrell. Like his first one of his like Yeah, I know that song. That's yeah. not, and man, I can't wait until I always told myself, man, that became my song in high school. And like it was like the song was like he was like drink drinking after limitations. I done made it out the basement after running and changed the weather. No, like that's forever my that's forever my song. I'm like, I made it out the basement. Like I, that's what my mind is on all the time, like making it out the basement. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's my advice, man. I think you said a few things that are really important. I mean, a lot of them are important, but two things that stuck out to me were like, you mentioned like the Grammys and awards. you like, how it sometimes matters. Well, it sometimes matters because it's credibility from another established brand, right? So that's a big piece. And then also the credits, right? It's like, you can't argue with receipts. So that's what I appreciated about what you said. So get your receipts basically is what this man is saying. Cause it's not like, it's not like I don't have a CD in front of me, but it's not like how it used to be where you would open up the booklet and you would look, it's like, you know, it's Instagram posts. It, 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 yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's so many different sources. There's things that you just cannot deny. I'll never forget, bro. I had this conversation with my man, DJ Cash. He's over at Hot 179. Like he, incredible, man. He's got these big old plaques in his house, man. He's got like, we the best, like he's got them. And um, I remember we was on FaceTime, man. And I was like, dad, bro, I just can't wait to get my first plaque, man. And like, this is probably at least four years ago or so. And I'm, I mean, I can't wait to, this is when I'm like DJ. I started, first started DJing in the clubs, like post-grad. And you know, you, that's a way for, you know, DJs to, that's a way for somebody to get a plaque as a DJ. So I'm like, I can't wait to get my plaque. He's like, nah, dose, you thinking about it wrong. So he said, man, let me show you something. He just flipped the camera, right? Walking in the hallway, showing me this and that. I'm like, this look crazy in there. He turned it back around. He like, don't, don't none of this mean shit. So I'm like, man, what you mean? Like you the man. He's like, this don't change nothing. This just adds value to what you do. It adds value. He's like, there's so many people who they'll get that type of achievement. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll get a plaque and they'll stop there because that was the goal for them. He said, bro, I just bought my crib. I decided to get all of them at once to put it here. I had these for a minute. And so that just changed my whole mindset. I'm like, nah, I shouldn't be wanting to get a plaque. 
just to get a plaque and just souvenir around, which that's not even my, I'm not even that type of person. The thought process kind of lined up with that. You know what I mean? So it's like, nah, I need to get it so that like they know I mean business and I'm valid. You can't take this away from me and I'm getting some more. And I'm a kid. Sometimes I have a hard time like receiving like compliments and things of that nature, right? It's really hard for me because I'm like, I always describe, like, when I talk to somebody, I get to talk to them. I always say it like, man, I just been focused on swimming so much. It's very rarely that I come up to the air to breathe and look back and see the crown that I cover. And I know I got to do that. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm trying to get it. Like, it's something bigger every single time. And after you achieve these goals that you wanted when you were younger, like, oh, I want a plaque. Oh, I want a Grammy. Like, once you achieve them, it's like, then what? Yeah, there's always going to be more to go and more that you want to accomplish. Um, one thing you mentioned about credits, too, that goes for, like, if you're the producer, if you're the manager, if you're the A&R, if you're the anything, right? Get your credits. And I saw that in my own life because I had did a video for 21 Savage back in, like, 2018 for I Am, I Was, I mm. think. And... I told the label and I told the management, I was like, I want to be credited in the bio or in the whatever, but I was timid about it. And I should have just put my tag in the video and just left it at that. And I didn't do it and they didn't credit me. And the video got, has like 2 million views now. And so it's like, Hey, you gotta learn, right? Like I had to learn that the same way you said the thing about the Grammys. Mm -hmm. So yeah. How do you get the credits, if you've already reached out and you're being ignored or they just don't do it. My thought on that is you put your tag in the fucking shit. Like how- Well, it depends. It depends like, like, okay. So- Cause I remember when KY used to put his engineer tag in the beats, bro? KY is go KY, see that's another level. And that's, that's another level. But that was like, but that was like Flocka. Like he was doing that on Flocka. But it was flocker. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I could imagine like allowed him to do something like that. And truthfully, I wouldn't even put it past KY to have did some production. I, now that I think about it, I need to go check the credit because what? They matter. And I guarantee he's in the production list as well. And that's why that tags in there. So it's like, you gotta, for me, it's like, you gotta be careful. So when they're ignoring you, to be honest, it's very little that you can do. Besides, ask again and ask again, right? Fight for it, yeah. In the way that, yeah, you might as well. I've had that happen. I've had it happen recently, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's just like when I was talking about like the summer situation, you know what I mean? Like, I knew it was going to come back around in some type of way. So I'm not going to stress it because as long as I'm doing my part, I know that the work is going to be done how it needs to be done, whether it's on this song or another song or in a bigger way. And, you know, when you see those people, whether it's like an A&R or, or whomever, you just be honest with them. Everybody got stuff going on, too. At the end of the day, all you can really do is just worry about what you need to handle. So, I mean, man, this records that I wish I had fought for. I was, I've been timid a lot in my career. Like, you know, like there was one record, one of the first I was recording Summer on. And then I mixed her vocals. It was, she did that. It was for this movie. I can't remember what the movie was called, but Sam Smith was on the song. And literally, it's called uh, the song is You Will Be Found. And I remember just being like, like, to this day, I'm like, man, what is wrong? Why didn't I say something? Like, 
That's huge. Like, so, so I, I can, can tell people, people, yeah, but again, you want that joint to read as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. I think that's really helpful. The other thing that I'll give to all creative people, because this is a way of communicating that will keep that, that almost makes people respond is to say, have you given up on? So if it's for that, you would say, have you given up on placing me in the credits? And the reason why that works to get a response from somebody who might be like ghosting you is because people don't want to give up on things. So when you ask them that question, they usually respond. Okay. You got another question. In what way do you choose to celebrate yourself slash your accomplishments? I have a hard time celebrating my accomplishments for sure, because I'm always, and this, this could be, a, it is a flaw of mine. It works, but it also is a flaw of mine. I'm always worried about what's next. And the only reason I think that way is because, you know, I work in a space where not to be like, it could easily like be your last, but it could be a minute before you, and I like to see stuff drop. I like being a part of as many things as possible. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, in a way, I've already celebrated that when I have sent in my name to be credited on the project, or I know it's going to be coming out sometime. I'm literally just trying to flood in terms of like what I'm a part of, you know what I'm saying? Being involved as much as I can be. So we're celebrating, I think my... The biggest way I celebrate, to be honest, is just sleep. I'm not really like a, oh, like, because that also is my job. It's like a DJ, you know what I mean? And it's work, but it's like, it's hard. It's hard to figure out how to celebrate. But for me, it's just resting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was able to do some work today and I was able to rest. So whether that's attached to like a specific, something specific that's happening or about to happen. I don't know, but I know I feel better than I did when I bust my ass last week. You know what I'm saying? So talk about it. Okay. How long and tough was the climb to any form of success in your journey? It's still super tough. I think it's always super tough, but I don't really pay attention to too much. I don't pay attention to how much like energy I've like pushed out when working. I just do the work. I don't really worry about like how long, like I said, it's like, I'm just traveling. I'm just swimming or just swimming. Literally just keep swimming. Like that's all I do. That's all I do. You know what I mean? And occasionally I, I get to look back or somebody stop me and be like, look back at what you've done. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't tell you. I just know that I've been singing and doing something. Well, I've been doing something involving music since I was pulled out of basketball at 12 years old. So that I'm the only gauge of like time I can give you is like my age. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's good. I like your glasses, Kosh. Thanks. Somebody asked earlier, they asked, how important is hearsay in the music industry? That's super important. That's all I'll say about that. It's just like, it's just super important, man. I think it's just important to like, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, man, like getting out of your comfort zone and moving around as much as you can, you know what I'm saying? So that you can actually add those type of, this person talked to this person about you, this person talked to this person about you and just speaking on your behalf, you know what I mean? Cause that's how you get more work. There's no real blueprint. Like there's, you know, people have tried their own things, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you're just trying to keep pushing things out and trying to like make a difference. 
So for me, I like, like my opportunities come from who I worked with before. My opportunities come from people talking, which is like one of the most important things I'd say, and just creating a, you know, like a good, a good foundation for myself or a good reputation, you know, period. What is a word of advice you received from an artist you worked with <laughs> that changed a previous perspective you had about the music industry? Oh, that's such a fire question, man. I'd say one would be my man Childish Major because I met Childish at a time where I was just the type of person to be like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, I definitely was a happy to be here person. Like, I'd work, just work, whatever. I don't care. You can give me something, you know, gotta give me something. And Childish just put me to the side. He was like, no, what are you doing? You gotta survive, right? So send the invoice. Okay. Whatever it is, it's going to be taken care of. And I was like, I guess I was so caught up in doing things like, you know, like when you're younger and you're just getting started, like just doing things in creative space, you don't have a lot of worries. You might be at your mom's, you might, you don't got no bills, things of that nature. So you're just doing things for fun. And that kind of rolled over into my adult life, you know, a little bit, to be honest, to where I still wasn't thinking about those things. I still wasn't thinking about the fact that, damn, I got to make money off of this because I just love being a creative so much. So that's the number one thing, like that just kind of changed my perspective. And Summer had to do that to me once before as well. And it wasn't that I wasn't asking for things. She's like, what you doing? No, send that to them. Send this to them and handle this with them. Okay. All right. You good? Because you just shouldn't be worried. And as you get older, being creative, like we know it's hard. Like it's hard. Like when you're, when your talent and your career are the same thing, like your hobby, your day to day, right? It's hard when they're the same thing, when you're a super, super hard when you're a dope, because you've got to figure out how to survive off of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just can't just take anything. you got bills to pay. You might want to start family, things of that nature. So you got to figure it out. You know, those were like the two people who kind of changed my perspective for sure. What is your motivation? My motivation, to be honest with you, Kosh, is like the fear of failure is my motivation. Because I'm scared to see what it looks like. If I don't do it, I'm motivated to do it. Well, that's different. That's not fear of failure. That's like fear of quitting. Yeah, you're right. Because fear of failure is like, I'm not going to do anything because I'm afraid to fail. Yeah, you're right. I have a fear of quitting. You know what I'm saying? Like when things get super difficult for me, you know what I'm saying? I'm coming to a tough time. I'm only going harder because I don't want to feel what it feels like to quit this. Especially because it's like, this is like, in terms of what I want to do in life, this is all I want to do. I don't want to do anything. I've never worked a regular job in my life, ever. There's been times where I almost did. And I applied for like the tar to them. Like, literally got hired and literally, I didn't show up. <laughs> I didn't show up because I was like, what commission? Well, I got to wait this amount of months. Before I could get some gear on a discount? No way. I'm cool. So, yeah, that's what it is for me. That's what motivates me for sure. Okay, bet. Well, thank you for your time. I always ask people at the end, do you want to ask me any questions? No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. What made you start doing this? What made you start interviewing people or live? And why is it called? breakthrough or creative breakthroughs.
He's on it. He don't even know what it's called. I just said it. That's what it is. I wanted to do it because I want to eliminate the starving artist. And the reason why I do it on live is because doing it on live allows me to access your audience. Whereas if I do it off of Instagram, most other platforms, it's just going to be a one-to-one conversation. All right, y'all. Well, that's it. Thank you for your time. Dose, I appreciate you. I'm going to wrap it. Once again, y'all, this is the Creative Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Kaj. If you want to stay tapped in with the podcast, you can follow me. You can subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, on all streaming platforms. It comes out Mondays. I go live Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And it's really just weekly wisdom on how to navigate as a creative. I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. And Dose, again, thank you, bro. Love you. Thank you. Love you too, brother. Talk to you soon. Peace.